with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Visit your nearest Sonic location to try the new Sonic Griller for a limited time. Only at Sonic. Mmm, Sonic. Alright, you heard the man. It's time for his son's three-pointer, Wolf. And uh, today's topic, three things that must happen for the sons to come back and win this series. <laughs> If you if you say it where they have to win four of the next five, it seems a lot more daunting. But that's sure does. for the purposes of this conversation. I mean, they do have to win four of the next five to keep this season going. you got to break it down psychologically. Yeah, just win the first one, stop the bleeding, and then figure it out from there. All right, the three things that must happen for Phoenix to win four of the next five. You ready? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Whammo! Seven, Booker, and one. All right, I'm going to start here. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant for the rest of the series. I don't know that you you can't. You can't have another game where they're not two of the best three players out there. I understand Jokic is probably going to get his points, but each of the rest of the games in the series, we got to walk out of it saying, yeah, okay, Booker was probably the best and KD was the second best or whatever. Jokic had it, but they got to be two of the three best players every game the rest of the way. Okay, Bayes, my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be the Suns need a plan of purpose. They need to understand nothing is lost yet. The Nuggets did what they were supposed to do at home, and now the Suns need to reciprocate. It's that easy. Win both home games and the series is tied at two. Lose one and their backs are to the wall. Before anything else happens schematically or physically, the Suns need to speak truth when assessing their situation and remind each other where the door to victory is. It's in them. And then they need to open that door and walk through it. And that's my first point. Played back 14-footer is two points. Dynamite. I'm going to stick with the Kevin Durant and Devin Booker angle because, unfortunately for the Suns, everything really does hinge on them right now. Um, We need one of those Kevin Durant games. You know, you said this yesterday, and I agreed. Play Kevin or Devin on Friday. I'm probably taking Kevin. Um, He's been good pretty much every game that they've had him, with the exception of the seven turnovers in game one. He was still good other than that. And he couldn't hit a shot by his standards in, in game two. By his standards. I mean, he still had, I know he still scores in the 20s. They need a game where Kevin Durant is the guy where he is just, hey, KD had 40 points and he was absurdly efficient, you know, like he's been his entire career. They need a game where Kevin Durant just takes over. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay, Luke, gather on the transistor and press the ear base. My second point of Suns three-pointer, the Suns need to play with the same tenacity and toughness they brought to the floor in game two. And if they don't do it, they have no chance whatsoever. DeAndre Ayton needs to tap into the rage tree and bring the same kind of focus and intensity brought to the floor on Monday night. If they're going to win game three, they need D.A. to bang and throw some bows down low. They need that. 
He's the tip of the spear, and his teammates are looking for him to be the foundation of the focus, intensity, and physicality, especially on the defensive end of the floor. If the Suns don't do this collectively on the defensive end of the floor, my son's third three-pointer means nothing. It all starts with that base, and that's my second point of Suns three-pointer. Three-pointer, Shazam! That's just showing off right there. Right. All right, my third point, as important as Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are, Somebody else is going to have to step up offensively, realistically. It doesn't have to be the same guy every game. I think you, the, the, your, your formula here for success is Booker and KD play at a truly elite level the rest of the way, and then one or two other guys chips in with double-digit points, and maybe one night it's Damian Lee, and the next it's you know Torrey Craig or whoever. But I'll just read these numbers to you again, Wolf. I'm going to set KD and Booker aside, and I'm going to pull Chris Paul out of this conversation because he's probably not playing for, on Friday. Here's the other point scores from uh, from game. Game two. DA had 14. Josh Akogi had two. Jock Landale had zero. Bismack had two. Campaign had two. Ish Wayne Wright, Tory Craig, Damian Lee all had zero. What's your point? That's a lot of twos and zeros. <laughs> That's a good Suns three-pointer right there, Luke. And, and the fact that I just rattled off six guys who didn't even have three points for the Suns, yeah. that's the Suns three-pointer? Okay, uh, I like Seven guys three points, I think, better than mine right now, but... I'm gonna. I do too. I'm gonna continue as well. Okay. My third point of Suns three pointer has got to be the Suns need KD to be KD. They can't have KD turning the ball over seven times in a game, or for him to go out on the floor and, like he did in Game Two, shoot ten of twenty-seven from the field. They they can't have that. Great players play great when the stakes are great. And KD is great. He needs to play great when it matters most. They need KD to be all that he is, and I expect that to be the case, provided they play defense like they did in Game 2. The Suns will win this game if KD shoots the ball like KD. Did I say KD enough? One more time. One more time. KD. <laughs> Even hit the post twice. Twice you've hit the post. <laughs> it is weird. so innate. It is unbelievable. You've got to be kidding me. And that's my third point of Suns three-pointer. See the shots that I took. Wet like on both. So I feel like we are uh, unanimous on one of our three points. Kevin Durant has got to go off. He doesn't have to go off every game, yeah. but he's got to be elite. You said it best, actually. He just needs to be Kevin Durant. Just be Kevin Durant. He doesn't have to do anything but be KD. For all the times. That's and all the, the great news right there, Luke. All the Hold people, on to that. All the people that have said, I mean, we have Kevin Durant. Well, in game two, it didn't feel like they had Kevin Durant. Right. <laughs> they had yeah. K Durant yeah, or right. Kevin D. They didn't quite have Kevin Durant. They need him and Booker to set the tone and the pace and everything in all the rest of these games, which is not inconceivable. I, I'm with you on that one right there. But honestly, Basin Orleans, if they don't come out with the same intensity in game three that they did with game two and play defense the way that they did and have that focus and that intent, none of it matters, in my opinion. No. 
That, I mean, that, that just amplifies the idea that the margin for error, in the, it's just exactly. so thin. If they, you don't play good on the defensive end of the floor, if you don't play well, if you don't have the focus and the intensity, Luke, on that end of the floor, now you're saying KD and Book do need to be perfect. Well, because you're already saying most of our offense is going to come from two guys. So just do the simple math. If they each give you 30 that's only only sixty points. Hey, go so if you're crazy. giving up one twenty five on the other end of the floor, you got no chance. Hey, go crazy! I mean, you just said it—the bench and the the points that were scored that weren't named from Kevin Durant, of course, and Devin Booker. Think about it. even if they scored forty apiece, you're still going to lose only eighty points. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. forty apiece. They both had forty point games. Come on, man. You need both. You need them to both go off, and you need to play defense. You're yes. going to have to do everything you can yep. to hold. I'm, I am intrigued by what they did to Jokic because he's such a good passer that even though he's getting his points, if you don't give, if you're just letting him shoot, you're really cutting into one of his biggest strengths. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, are heading to State Farm Stadium with special guest The Strokes May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When we come back, that other series in the Western Conference. Could get real good. Who's scarier, the Lakers or the Warriors? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, welcome back to the show. Uh, real quick before we get into basketball, Wolf, how about this baseball game? 9-7 D-backs right now. What a game. The seventh, first, it has been third. back and forth. What a game. It's obviously going on as we're doing this uh, show, so I can't give you like a scouting report on Brandon Fott, but it, it, seemed like, it seemed like he was fine through four innings. And they left him out there one inning too long, and he ended up giving up five runs in the fifth. So uh, he left. They were down 7-6, but they've gotten three back in the seventh inning, and Christian Walker has five RBI today. You know, I honestly don't think it's the worst thing that could happen to a guy that is making his debut to come in and realize just how hard it is. Four home runs. reminder. Four home runs for Texas. Look, it's it's Fott's first-ever start. And Texas is the second highest scoring team in baseball. Yeah. So it's, I don't think anybody was expecting a no hitter today. But yeah. Uh, there was a good basketball game last night. There was two basketball games. I would say one of them was good. The other one was Miami minus Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But uh, the one that was good was in Golden State. Warriors, Lakers. Lakers end up winning at 117 to 112. Anthony Davis, 30 points, 23 rebounds. And then how about Kevon Looney on Golden State? Only 10 points, but also 23 rebounds for the Warriors in that one, Wolf. This yeah, two teams Dave. I don't really like love, but this is going to be a good series. Yeah, no, this is. Uh, I can see this series going seven. Honestly, it feels like it It does, doesn't it? It feels like this could easily go seven right now. The Lakers win, of course, beat Golden State. Um, I'm not going to be brokenhearted. Let's start there. Well, hold on. Let me just (laughs) add to that. Your your seven your seven game prediction. It feels like a series where Golden State's always losing by one. Like it's one zero, it's two one, it's three two, and then they win Game Seven. That's what it feels like. Right. That's what it feels like right there. You're right about that. But um, the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors? Whom would you rather face? If in fact some Somehow, some way, the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> they rally in game three and game four and then win two of three. I mean, you, okay. 
<laughs> I can't. I mean, this is how bad it is right now. I didn't even watch that game last night through that lens. Usually, every, <laughs> usually, even the Eastern Conference. When these playoffs started, I was watching Milwaukee, Miami, thinking yeah. like, "Hey, if, my, if Milwaukee's out, that's that's only good for the Suns." Now, the 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 series that's going to produce the opponent the Suns would have in the next round if they win. And I just watched that game last night. Like, this is a pretty good game. <laughs> I didn't I, even like think of the Suns. I know. Yeah, I, I was just thinking of the fact if the Golden State Warriors were eliminated from the postseason, I would not be brokenhearted. <laughs> Once again, if, if you're if you're hoping that the Suns are going to rally here, of course, in Game Three and Game Four, and I do, I I still expect them to do that. We'll see how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. No guarantees, obviously, but um. Yeah, you know, if you're still expecting them to to advance past Denver, I'd rather play the Lakers, believe it or not, than the Golden State Warriors. Boy, that's a tough That's a tough call because the the thing everybody always laughs at with the Lakers is like, "Oh yeah, if Anthony Davis and if LeBron are both out there." Well, they're both out there. Yeah. And Anthony Davis put up 30 and 23 last night and you know, the Lakers made some good, quiet moves around the deadline this year, so they're like a legitimately decent team. Um, but I still, I, Golden State, it, yeah, I, 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 Golden State's the team that you want to avoid if you want the easier <laughs> path. But as I've been saying now for a year and a half, I want to see Suns Warriors in the playoffs. Is that really that much to ask? Yeah, you know, um, the Warriors are, they're capable of winning the whole thing, Ron Wolfley reporting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you say that's a true statement, Logan? I'd of course. They might still be my pick. It, at this it point. is. There's a reason why they have won the titles they've won. It's because of the three guys they still have on their team that are still playing at an incredibly high level. And that is what scares me. The Lakers, think of this. Last night, the Lakers were 6-25 from three. 24% they shot from three. And they still won the game. The, yeah. the Warriors, though, the Warriors, 21-53. of 53. Here's the one concern you do have about this, okay? What kind of movie is this? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just a guy that says things they're, and hits no, bottles cra- together? Yeah, no, they're crazy people. No, it sounds okay? like it. Yes, it, you don't even want to know okay. the plot line of that. I don't. But um, the Lakers, think about this. They had a 17-3 to free throw attempt advantage in the first half. 17 to 3 is what they had. Um, what do you think it'd be if the Suns were blank? Uh, well, last time it was 46 to 20, wasn't it? <laughs> I know. So, again, I know that's <laughs> yeah. working against my argument. No, I think you're right, actually. You would, you, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, okay, I'm I see what saying, you're saying. You'd yeah. rather see the Warriors because it would probably just be a lot of actual no, basketball. No, no, I'm just saying yeah. the Warriors, uh, they, they are the team that I think. Um, They've done it. They're the team, the best team, a dynasty. I'd rather see the Warriors get knocked out. This is all you have to know about the Warriors. Okay, so the Suns are down 2-0 right now, right? And and everybody's just like, not only has everybody written the Suns off, people are just you know dismantling the team, and they're looking at all the bad moves, good or bad, that they've made over the last few years. Oh, this is how they got to this point. They're barely even still in the playoffs. The Warriors were in the exact same position in round one against Sacramento. Do you remember anybody writing Golden State off after they were down 2-0? 
I, I mean, they came back and won the series, no. and I feel like everybody was just kind of like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, um, you know, but again, I, the Warriors, think about this. The Lakers, would you say it was a close game last night watching it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a close game, no doubt about it. It was contested. The Warriors, unbelievable. They went on a 14-0 run in the fourth quarter that got them back into the game. 14-0 run. It's who they are. It's what they do. They, they, they've got that DNA, man, on their team that is like, we're not ever out of anything. Their ability to walk through difficulty and face adversity is stunning to me. Right down to the fact that the, the Los Angeles Lakers finished 25 of 29 from the line. 25 of 29, Luke. Think about that. Guess how many free throws the Warriors had. I was I think it was single digits, wasn't it? Five of six. Yeah, yeah. that's down there in the Suns range. Think of that disparity right there, and yet they still got back into the game and had the opportunity to win it. They had a chance late. Jordan Poole took a very long shot. In case you forgot, Jordan Poole is actually not Steph Curry. Uh, Jay Williams, though, who was on our show yesterday, said uh, Jordan Poole might think he is Steph Curry. Jordan Poole, you are not 30. You are not 30. And if I just watched 30 give me a master class in Game 7 in Sacramento on the road, I know that you got the bag. And this has been an ongoing theme that this team has to work through, whether it's Steph calling him out in the huddle or, you know, Draymond Green trying to grab his hand. He saw in Game 6 when they were getting smacked at home and Jordan didn't want to deal with it. At some juncture, like, I need you to give the ball back to 30 and not take a shot seven feet behind the three-point line with eight seconds left to go in the game. Yeah, it was uh, quite a long shot at the end of the game. Here's Steph Curry on that shot. I'm sure he felt pretty good about it. That's why he shot it. There's no regrets on that. It's just, you know, make or miss type situation. A lot of trust in him and his ability to put the ball in the basket. It's like one of those things that happens when you play along Steph Curry, alongside Steph Curry for a while, and you're in practice, and you see Steph just making like 80 footers, and you're like, hey, I can do that too. Yeah. Eh, Maybe not with the game on the line. Yeah, I know. Um, I I think the Golden State Warriors, for the most part, uh, just listening to Steph there, reminds me they are the toughest team in the association. Mentally, this is this is a group of dudes who get each other. They are tough, right down to their bones, right through the very core of who they are, into their soul collectively. This is the toughest team in the association. It's the reason why I still think they're going to beat the Lakers. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back... Maybe we do actually have to have a serious conversation about the idea of DeAndre Hopkins being on the Cardinals next year. We'll get you what Ian Rappaport just had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is one I I didn't see coming, and it hasn't happened yet, but where would you say, Wolf, you put the percentage of DeAndre Hopkins suiting up for the Cardinals in week one right now? Zero percent. Still zero. Okay. Because for for me, it's been zero, and I would say it's crept up to about seven percent. Seven? Yeah. I I don't think it's going to happen. 
But I'm going to well, play. Well, isn't that zero then if you don't think it's going to Well, happen? then everything would be zero or 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got to be less than 50. Oh, I see you're waffling. Is that what you're doing, well, Luke? No, I just, I feel, I give it a little bit more of a chance now than I did before. But I, no, I don't think so either. But I just want you to hear Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show today, okay? This is Ian Rappaport, and I believe Pac-Man Jones was there. Remember Pac-Man last week was like, my sources are telling me something's going to happen yes. on Thursday. Sore. Says. Or says. Uh, and then not, obviously nothing happened. Here's Ian Rappaport. You should not have taken it on the ship. Oh. I mean, obviously he didn't get traded, but there was a chance he could have. There were obviously conversations. Oh, yeah. It did not happen. Okay. But it's not like you were, I mean, it's not like you were wrong. Okay. Um, he didn't get traded, though. And here's more from Ian Rappaport. Usually when these things don't happen by the draft, these sort of big moves, like maybe they pick up again if someone else like loses a receiver or something in August or July. But usually by the time the draft ends, like that's kind of – you'll add maybe a free agent or two, but usually it's kind of set. So I would say like based on the conversation where it is, like it seems like they're moving forward together. That's the first time anybody has said anything that makes me bump the number from zero up to 7%. Now, I think deep down, I know DeAndre Hopkins' Instagram account says otherwise, but I think he wants to play somewhere else. And I think for the reasons you've laid out, the Cardinals are probably like, okay, you know, it it makes sense that we, we don't pay him to be here and we don't have a guy here that doesn't practice as much as we want. Uh, but what Ian Rappaport just said right there of usually stuff gets done by now and then things kind of go quiet. It's just something to think about. I still don't think he's here in week one. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with Ian Rappaport and what he just said right there because they are moving forward together. They have been moving forward together, in my opinion. They have had conversations about what they want to do and what they don't want to do together. They have done that. I don't think it changes anything. The pressure point of the draft, of course. I've been talking about it for the longest time. I fully expected DeAndre Hopkins to be traded in that draft, even day two. I thought it was going to happen before the draft, but even on day two, before day two, I thought for sure it was going That's, to happen. I, I thought it was going to happen between rounds one and two. Like okay. Friday during the day is what right. I thought. Look at you producing regular. Well, like you're being like, you know, choose. Yeah, round well, one or round two? Retroactively <laughs> choose specifically when you were wrong. How wrong were you? Oh, I love it, Luke. That is so good. Pronounce! That's how wrong I was. Okay. But again, I think they're moving forward in there. There's an understanding as to what is going to happen. Can I just tell you right now that, based on Orleans, if there has been a change of heart, if if D-Hop maybe has looked at himself and said, hey, JG, I get what you're saying. I'll, I'll practice on Wednesday. Honestly, if there is a change of heart... And if if that is what is moving them together, if they are going to say, we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep D-Hop, that's what we're going to do, and he's going to practice. That that would be the best case scenario so let, let's for me. Run through a couple, like just some, just brainstorm here, some ideas, just speculate. What could have possibly happened to cause that change of heart? Now, maybe it's something behind the scenes and we'll never know, but like. Great, great question. Externally, 
they've drafted some guys. You know what I mean? Like, what else has really changed? It would have to be that he just really vibes with what Jonathan Gannon is saying. Or Drew Petzing. Or Drew Petzing. Exactly. And maybe that's what it is right there. Maybe it's just a different voice. It's a different coach. It's a different face. And because of that, maybe that has allowed D Hop to look at himself at this point and say, listen, I, I totally understand why you don't want me choosing to say, I'm not practicing today. I'm standing here. I, I've, this is what I've done to get my body ready to go. Nobody is going to argue the results. You know I've done very, very well in this league. So this is how I do it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to practice. Maybe D-Hop has looked at himself and said, I I get it. You're coming in here with a new culture. You need everybody to be as one. You need everybody to do the same thing. You need everybody to be step in line, right? Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I just don't see it happening. I mean, he may be here in week one. I just don't see him playing. You know what I mean? Just for so many reasons. Like what you're saying about the preparation, yeah, that's not what Monty Austinfort or Jonathan Gannon wants when they're bringing in this whole new wave of players and, hey, this is how we're going to practice and this is how we're going to handle contracts and all this stuff. But that has worked for DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think yeah, you per- can't have it, though. You just can't. I, I know you can't, but I'm saying, so why would he change it? I, I don't look at DeAndre Hopkins not practicing as a laziness thing. I think that's his routine. And so if that's his routine, I, I just don't know that somebody coming up to him and being like, Change your routine, stay here, yeah. and we're not going to win a Super Bowl. How's that sound? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just, once again, some people value culture more than others. And I certainly do. I can tell you that right now. I, that kind of culture, I just can't see anybody. Why do you think, Basinonians, that a true wide receiver one has not been traded? Why do you think he has not been traded? I honestly don't think he can redo his deal. That's what the Cardinals gave him the ability to do. Go out there and find somebody to redo your deal. Why? What is going on here? Somebody as productive as D-Hop right now. One of the reasons why I think is because of his practice tendencies. And maybe he's not coming off of that. All I know is this right right now. The Arizona Cardinals, because Ian Rappaport said the Arizona Cardinals are going forward together with D-Hop. That means absolutely nothing no, I, yeah, to me. I'm with you on that. The only thing that means anything is where he says most teams feel like they're kind of, they've got their lineup. That, that <laughs> when you start to bring other yeah. teams into it, I just think it's going to, it's only getting harder to move him. Let's okay. put it that way. Yeah, it's only getting harder. But once again, the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs really, 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 really need him. Especially the Bills, in my opinion. They really need him. So, I, this is posturing still, even now. Here's um, Monty Austinfort from the Dave Pash podcast yesterday. The key to, to both those situations is communication. And both D-Hop and Buddha have been great with communicating with me back and forth um, with their, you know, their representation. So, I think, you know, understanding that, that players have opinions and ideas and, and things that go through their head, hey, that's that's human nature. We all have that. That that happens for all of us. But I think just continuing to have those conversations and, and keeping them informed in, in our thought process 
this and and the things that we have going on here. I mean, there's it's it's exciting here right now. There's a, there's a good energy in the building and and um, you know I think the guys that are here that have been working are, are seeing that and seeing some of the things that we're doing and and some of the changes that we made. So so we're excited about that and I think we're just going to continue to keep those lines of communication open. All right, Wolf, I got a producer question for you. Okay, okay. week one upcoming season. Yes. One, both, or neither of DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker playing for the Cardinals? One. What, and it's Buda? Buda. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. But that might be wishful thinking, but I'm with you. Produce. Uh, all right. When we come back, final segment of the show, Matt Ishbia, on, uh, he was on the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, talked about how the Kevin Durant trade came about and how confident he still is in his team going forward. We'll get you those thoughts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. A real uh, pitcher's duel in Texas this afternoon, Wolf. Lourdes Gurriel just did a home run. It's now 12. Oh, goodness. Truly amazing right now. The D-backs, you dirtbags. Seems like continue. Just continue to compete, man. I love it. Brandon Fott's going to be off the hook for a loss in this one because they have scored 12 runs. Fott, in case you are just joining us, was pretty solid through the first four innings facing one of the best offenses in baseball. It was that fifth inning. Gave up five runs in the fifth inning. All right, uh, to basketball here to close out the show. I referenced this story earlier, Wolf, on the ringer. It says the Suns have given themselves almost no margin for error. And it goes through and it, it, you know, it looks at a few different things that the Suns, uh, just the way they're constructed, that, you know, they, they, they don't shoot as many threes as teams do in the NBA in 2023. In fact, they lean on the mid-range shot more than almost any team of the last decade. But they do, I just want to throw this at you. They do point out that if any team could live and die by the mid-range the way the Suns are, it would be the Suns because here are the best mid-range shooters in the NBA over the last five years, okay? Yes. You could family feud this, basically. In fact, I'm going to make you family feud it, okay? okay. Just start guessing Suns. Top four answers on the board, okay? Okay. Um, Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker. Ding. Number four. Oh, okay. Okay. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, ding, number two. Okay. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, number one. There we go. Let's see. One, two, and four. There you go. There is another name. That was name. cool right there. I like that. Yeah, and what the, the Family Feud. Yeah. How would the Wolfleys do on the Family Feud? Not good. Okay. No way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'd watch that. Do you have any idea how many concussions we have actually suffered collectively, <laughs> all three of us who, boys? Who would be like the leader, though? Um, like You know you have to have the one leader that goes well, up there? There'd be a brawl on stage. Can I just tell you that? No, it'd be Craig, of okay. course. All right, that's fair. Yes. Um, the number three? Number- <laughs> that was just so weird. <laughs> it was. Okay. We're at the weird part of the show. Kyrie's the number three. Name. Ooh. Just, just putting that up. Wow, that is yeah. big right there. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, here's Matt Ishbia, who was on uh, the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and he talked about the Kevin Durant trade and just how it ultimately came about. When we made the trade, I owned the team. Um, you know, But at the same time, when it got announced December 20th, there were certain rights that I had as while the NBA was vetting. So I was already interacting with James Jones, our general manager, who does a great job. And so when that trade became a possibility, it originally started with the the other owner, Joe Sy, reaching out to me. This is the day 
uh, before I actually closed on the team. I think whatever that Monday of that week. And so that's when it started where we started talking about it. I think they had just traded Kyrie the day before. And, uh, you know, James and Ryan Reshin are obviously like everyone was involved. I, I know James was talking to Monty. I wasn't spending time with everybody, but, um, you know, I was involved, but, you know, our team made a decision that this was the best chance for us to win a championship. And Kevin Durant, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Not only because you see him on the court, but you see and everyone else sees, but the work ethic of this man, the, dr- the drive, the grind. Like, I couldn't be any happier to have him on our team. Him and Booker, and of course, we got some other great guys with Chris and, and DeAndre. I'm not going to name everyone, but like, it was, it was an awesome, awesome thing. I'm so excited about it. And we got these guys for a couple more years to do great things together. That is the incredible thing about it for me right now. I couldn't have been more wrong on Kevin Durant and his work ethic and the lack of drama that he actually has brought, especially here. Again, it's it's a small sample size. I understand that. But what a pro KD has been and the humility that he has put on display. And then to hear how many people cite his work ethic and how he goes about his business. It's probably the most encouraging thing to to me about KD. You know, just hearing Matt Ishbia talk right there, though, and again, that's on the Bill Simmons podcast, so that is one of the most downloaded podcasts out there nationally for sports. You just hear him talking, it, it, it's a reminder of how high the stakes are for this team. We're, we're in this weird spot right now where you've got this four-day break between games. Chris Paul's hurt. It feels like the Suns are either done or really up against the ropes. And they are up against the ropes. You don't have Chris Paul. I'm assuming he's not going to play Friday. He probably won't play on Sunday. You're down 2-0 to a team that is really good. And yet, they went all in on this season. Now, they went all in on next season as well. But I've seen this poll question up a lot in the last 24 hours of, has Chris Paul played his last game with the Phoenix Suns? And I'm not ready to say, oh yeah, he's done, you know, because that that presumes that presumes that he's not coming back for at least a week. Yeah. That the Suns can't come back and win this series, and that they're going to move on from him in the off season. But just the simple fact that that is even a conversation that's not ridiculous to have, it, to me, it just it reemphasizes how much you went all in on the next few years because you have Kevin Durant for a few years, but this year right here you had KD and Chris Paul. It's a lot on the line here on Saturdays. <laughs> There's a lot on the line, no doubt about it. Did Matty Ish say anything else? Uh, see, he talked about how confident he still is in this year's team. Hey, you know, we're working hard. I feel good about our team. Uh, we're going home. Obviously, Denver's a great team. And so I, I feel good about our guys. I know Coach Monty Williams and the whole team and is ready to go Friday night. And hopefully we can uh, bounce back and protect home court and win a game or two. Yeah, also the uh, no hesitation to make the KD trade. So there was no gulp moment? When you were like, all right, Bridges, Johnson, Crowder, four first, and the swap, and you're just looking at it on a whiteboard, like, man, that's a lot. No, not at all. You, you got, you, it takes what it takes to win. You got to try to win. You can sit there and say, let's try to be a fifth seed. Let's try to be in the middle. Like, and we could get, we could get knocked out in the second round as we were in the second round, right? Or we could win a championship. There's no guarantees to win. But if you don't try, you're, you're they're going to know me for 50 years as the owner in Phoenix. I'm going to try to win every time we can. We're never going to be like, oh, well, let's kind of play a straight. Let's prepare for this. You can either plan to win or you can go try to win. I'm not planning to win. I'm going to go try to win. And yeah, do you give up players? Like we didn't want to give up McCall or Cam. These are great players. We wanted them on our team. We definitely want to give up four first round picks, but it's Kevin Durant. You put him with yeah. Devin Booker. I think we have two of the top five, maybe two of the top 10 players in the NBA today. And I have him not, I didn't borrow him for three months. I got Kevin Durant for three more years. And I got Devin for five more years. Like 
We got a run going. He just said it too. It's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. <laughs> I don't know what it is about KD. Everybody says it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And he's right about that. You know, you got him for three more years. And yes, um, man, it's looking dark for the Phoenix Suns right now, isn't it? For this year. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It's, it's, it, it, that's for, why I said this, that earlier. Golden State was in the exact same position last round. And everybody was like, oh, they'll come back. You know, they'll at least go seven games. I know. Um, and, and that really speaks more to the respect that Man. Golden State has. But this shouldn't need to be done. The Suns have lost two games in a series where you can lose three. They're not done. Yeah. But they are absolutely up against the ropes. Yeah, they are right now. I fully expect them. I, I, man, I, I'm going to be really, really disappointed based on means if they don't come out in game three and they don't win game three and game four. I, I'm going to be shocked. I am. And yet I'm looking at this. They're down 0-2 right now to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets have played really, really well and beat them two different ways, I might add. Yeah. Two different ways. And now all of a sudden, Chris Paul is out. He's down. And it's not looking good for Game 4 either, or either if you're from the East Coast. Can you imagine? Why Why? why am I so sure the Suns are somehow, some way, going to find... Two ways, two games to go out there and actually tie this series up. I, I don't know why. Kev, maybe it's Kevin Durant and maybe it's Devin Booker. Maybe those two things. It, 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 with Durant, there is still that sense of we haven't seen him have that monster game because we haven't. He still hasn't even really played that many games with the Phoenix Suns. Um, but time's running out too you know like we all know it, this is not some hypothetical hey i really think this player could have a big game kevin durant's had a million of them but he has to have one on friday yeah otherwise you know, they're not going to be playing next I, week. i'm not saying they're going to win the series i'm not saying that even though i still think they have a chance of winning this series but to tie it up at 2-2 uh, why do i feel so confident in that regard I, I, I because i do because I, I feel like they still have a shot at the series, but I feel like it's going to be 3-1 going back to Denver. And I still will think they have a shot at that point. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.